Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. If you're in a business-to-business situation and you've got to go and talk to a buyer, do you knock around their house? (laughs) What do you do? Do you now have to sell on Zoom? Is that what you do? For me, the only way of starting to do this is talking to the customer. You've got to train your teams. Customer emotions have always been important in my view but never have they been more important than they are today. They are now very much in a mode where it's time to really start thinking outside of the box, looking for creative solutions, because they're now forced into this different frame of mind, and and lots of, of companies are. Just as a quick reminder before we start the show, if you want to share the key takeaways and the recommended actions with other people in your team that we talk about on this podcast, then simply go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash podcast summary. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash podcast summary. Now on with the show. Ryan, one of my favorite sayings is there are people that watch things happen There are people that make things happen. And then there are people that say, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to tell you which of the three groups I almost (laughs) certainly fall into. No, I'm going to embrace it. Academics are supposed to ask what happened and why. (laughs) So interesting form of segmentation. Why do I start this week's (laughs) episode off with this? To a certain extent, and maybe a bit cruelly, But I think that's what's happening with some organizations out there with regard to the pandemic. With regard to a lot of things, but also specifically with the pandemic, yes. Highlighted by the pandemic is probably the best way of describing it. So we've had loads of clients that have been contacting us recently and obviously saying, you know, what should they be doing? How should they be coming out of lockdown? And what do we see are the trends and stuff like that? And it made me think that what we should do is, in this podcast, sort of go through some of those things to try to help our listeners try to guide their way out and make sure they're not one of these people that go what happened and then realize that the company's gone bust and they've lost their market share and everything else because it's the people that make things happen that will what's that phrase it's never let a good crisis go to waste yes there's always a silver lining in in all of these things So there are some questions that our clients have been asking us. I'm going to outline what some of those questions are, and then we'll attempt to answer them. So, And I'm sure people have been in their own organizations have been having these questions like, how should we be interpreting what's happening today? What can I salvage out of the budgets for this year? How do I cut costs without affecting customers? What is this new normal going to look like? What should we be doing for next year? I've had clients that I've been talking to recently just about their planning for next year's budget. So what should that look like? What are the opportunities 
And what's happening with the market effectively? And I don't mean the big wide market. I mean individual client markets. So in pharma or in retail or in whatever. What are those unmet needs now within those sectors? So I think a few things. I mean, I'm not going to bore you with all of the statistics, but a couple of them I particularly like is Zoom is now worth more than the seven largest airlines in the world. Isn't that amazing? It's insane. And Delta gave out 1.5 billion in refunds. You just can't believe it. And therefore, when you start to look at all these things, massive changes that are happening, I guess there's a few things that are starting to sort of appear to me. One of them is actually what Rory said. Do you remember we had Rory Sutherland on the show Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago? He was great. He was very good. And Rory said something which really stuck with me, which was businesses have prioritized efficiency over resilience. And I thought, bloody hell, yeah, that's absolutely the case. Yeah. So you think of supply chains and everything else, and then you start to realize that that's absolutely the case. So I genuinely think that that's going to have a a big impact. But what I'm seeing is that there are three different sort of groups of people out there at the moment or organisations. And I guess I would ask the audience to think about which category they are in, okay? Category one is there's a group of people who are reacting to things, these three areas, by the way, are reacting, responding, and reimagining. The reacting group are the people who are going, oh, this is happening. Now we better change this. We better change that. How do we cut costs? But the world's going to go back to normal. So this is only a temporary thing. So we need to put in some temporary fixes for things. You've then got another group of people who are responding. Okay. And what I mean by that is, they're actually starting to accept the fact that the changes they're putting in place are not going to go away, certainly in the short term, okay? And when I say the short term, I'm talking about the next year, something like that, and definitely could carry on for much longer than that. And therefore, they're changing their experiences more permanently, and they've recognized that there is this new normal that's so the markets have changed and things aren't going to go back to exactly how they were before. You've then got this sort of third group of people who are actually reimagining things, okay? And these are the group of people that I'm seeing that are going, there is an advantage here. And I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but there was a film back in the 60s where there were two racing drivers, Formula One racing drivers who were running around, the, not running, <laughs> around the track, <laughs> driving around the track. You can imagine running around the track. They wouldn't go very fast. But they're driving around the track, and the, the first guy spun off and had a really bad accident. And the second guy went along, and he, and he ended up winning the race. And they were interviewing him afterwards. And the journalist said to him, he said, look, when you saw the first car spin out and have a really bad accident, did you slow down? And he turned around and said, no, he said, I didn't slow down. He said, I sped up because I knew everybody else would slow down. And that's always stuck with me, okay, as to these times, it's actually about 
taking an opportunity or seeing an opportunity. And this reimagining group of people that are going, wow, look at this, the way that COVID has accelerated everything. So one of the key things for me is COVID is an accelerant. Yeah. 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 It's accelerated so many things, whether it's grocery shopping, whether it's the decline of cash, the decline of JCPenney and Hertz, whether it's telemarketing, suddenly everyone's doing telemarketing. Those things, in my view, are not going to go back to how they were. But what they're doing, this reimagined group are going, wow, look at all this opportunity out there. And therefore, what plans have we got that we could be bringing from what we were going to do in two or three years' time? What are we going to now start to do? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And there's some psychology behind some of this too. One of the implications of loss aversion, which we've talked about a lot, is that it affects our risk preferences also. Not all the time and not everyone, but as a general rule, people tend to be risk avoiding. People don't like risk. Again, lots of exceptions to that general rule. But when people are in a loss frame of mind, they can become risk-seeking. They can be willing to try new and, and sometimes kind of scary things. And you start to see that in times of crises. People ask, why didn't some of these big companies change early when they had the chance? Like, well, why did Kodak allow themselves to kind of become irrelevant? They were this massive company. They invented digital cameras, and yet they refused to see it coming. Part of it is because they were so successful that they were very, very risk averse. There's a lot for them to lose by making serious changes in that marketplace. One of the implications of the pandemic is that now lots of firms are in this loss mode. So whereas Delta, largest airline, very, very successful, very comfortable, might have been averse to a lot of changes and disrupting the cart, I would suspect they are now very much in a mode where it's time to really start thinking outside of the box and looking for creative solutions because they're now forced into this different frame of mind and, and lots of, of companies are. So while not neither of us are promoting this as a great thing for anybody, this is one of the kind of silver linings, as you put it. Like This is forcing us to think differently and to, in some cases, embrace risk and really try to reimagine things and really take it from a different perspective. We had a podcast a few weeks ago on customer habits. So we know that the time to change customer habits is when there's been some form of significant change, whether it's the birth of a, a child or you go on vacation, you need some type of catalyst. And, and certainly the pandemic has been that catalyst in many cases. Yeah, Everybody knows this now, but working from home, is that going to go back to normal? I was talking to a client the other day who's got a bunch of engineering people that would be training customers on how to use their equipment. And I think you said this, Ryan, about the school as well, the business school, now being forced to train customers online when they, the people are saying, oh, never, we can never train them online on this stuff pre-pandemic. Now they're being forced to do it. Guess what? It works quite well. Thank you very much. All those things. So now's a great time to be changing the habits of different people. And also, and I think I got this story even from you. I think you were the one who pointed this out, but also look at kind of the resiliency, not just of the, the immediate changes that you make, but also of your business model as a whole. I think that, Colin, you were the one who gave me this example. 
But after 9-11, airlines were scrambling and making a bunch of changes. But one of the things that Southwest was able to do is say, you can change your, your flights without incurring any kind of fee, which wasn't a new policy of theirs. That had always been their policy. It was something they were able to promote during this time because there was suddenly a huge uptick in need for it. But that policy was presumably already built into their finances. And so this customer-centric policy also allowed them to be more resilient than other airlines who are now all of a sudden forced to make this very expensive change that their business model maybe wouldn't be as accommodating towards because they hadn't been doing it before. So can you use this opportunity to make more fundamental changes to your model in a way that benefits customers in the long term, hopefully benefits the organization, but then also makes you more resilient and able to grapple with changes like crises like this in the future? You know, there's really a couple of really important things for me that's happening here. One is different parts of the states, different countries in the world are treating these things in different ways. So you've got one group of people that have been locked in and you've got another state where the rules have been somewhat different. I was listening on the radio today sweden hasn't locked down at all bars have been open blah 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 but you go to the uk and it's been very different all of the pubs and everything else are still very much closed the point i'm trying to make is you can't treat everybody the same so one of the key questions is you've got to start thinking about is if we are not just going to react going back to that react, respond, reimagine. You know, we can react, and that's fine. And, you know, we put a few temporary stickers in place and everything else. But you've really got to understand how your customer is feeling now. Yeah. And you've really got to understand if we're to redesign our experience, we've got to understand our customers' behavior far more than we ever did. And you've really, therefore, got to understand that different states different customers in different states different customers in different countries are going to be feeling different things because some of them have been locked down for two months and some of them haven't been yeah and therefore there are different stages and that goes back to what we've discussed before which has been this grief model the Kubler-Ross grief model which starts off with shock and denial so the classic s-curve Uh, starts off with uh, shock and denial, then moves into anger, then moves into bargaining, then moves into depression, and finally starts coming up the other side into acceptance. I think we're coming up the other side now, in a lot of cases, into acceptance. Or sometimes back to denial, which is resetting. Absolutely. And and the reality is, is if there's a wave two, and if there's local lockdowns and stuff like that, which personally I think there will be, it's going to go back. And again, the point of what we're trying to articulate is you've got to understand that that's going to happen. You've got to start pre-thinking these things. You've got to start to make plans for those things. So understanding that people are now coming out of acceptance. So how are you changing your experience based upon that? And I know next week we're going to be doing a really interesting podcast on this concept that we've been working on, which is sort of effectively face mask segmentation so if you were to segment your market how can you use the face mask 
to enable you to understand what to do. Okay, and I'm, I'm not going to go into that now because that will take far too long. But I think it's really a really powerful way of, of looking at it. So to make the most of a good crisis, you've got to understand that customers are going to go through this, this curve, this shock, denial, anger, depression, bargaining, coming out the other side of acceptance. But you've got to understand, therefore, that customers are feeling different things. So let me give you an example of this. Prior to the pandemic, we had two guests on the show, one chap called Roger Dooley, another chap called uh, Shep Hyken, and both of which had written books on being frictionless. And we know that customers want things that are easy, and customers have always gravitated towards something that's easy. Now, the interesting question is this. What do you think is more important today? Is it something that's easy or is it something that's safe? My belief is for 80% of the people that actually what's important is safe, not easy. I agree that as general, those things have swapped. And I also agree with you for setting aside some portion of customers for whom it hasn't. I think both of those things are true. Yes, and I think that is a, an important distinction. It doesn't apply to everybody and it's not as life is. It's never black and white. But I think that people at the moment, and I stress at the moment, are erring towards safety. And therefore, you've got the long lines outside of grocery stores. You've got the, I mean, I was chatting to a couple of friends the other week who said that they were waiting an hour outside a grocery store and only letting in 10 people at a time and stuff like that. That's not easy. <laughs> no. Yeah. Some people will definitely be frustrated and angry about that. There's also a lot of people who that makes them feel a lot better. And they actually would prefer that to your point, prioritizing safety right now over convenience and ease. Yes. And let me give you an example again of the difference between sort of reacting and responding. So I actually went to a store the other day to pick up some cushions believe it or not man's gotta sit colin you don't need to apologize for that <laughs> lorraine ordered some cushions so i had to go and pick <laughs> up these cushions so first thing is i'm thinking to myself i've actually got to prepare to go to the store because i'm in england at the moment and we've been in lockdown and this place has only just opened up so i've actually got to think about going to the store so i've got to think about getting a face mask i've got to think about taking some sanitizers i actually drove past the store to work out how they were queuing or what line to get in. And then I had to ask somebody what line I had to get in. One was click and collect, one was, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the point I'm trying to make is that experience had changed, but it's that part of it is undoubtedly going to go back to normal at some point. I'd never done click and collect before, but that is a new habit that I'm definitely going to have. I would much prefer, actually, for the bloody stuff just to be delivered to my house. But if the second option I'm now going to have is click and collect, why would I park my car and wander around the store and if it's going to Ikea, going around 50 million different bloody things that I don't want just to buy one cushion? But anyway. A lot of barriers to entry, barriers to change in customer behavior have been knocked down. You only have to endure the hassle costs of figuring out how to order your groceries online once, and then you figured it out and 
now it's going to be much, much easier for you to do it in the future. So a lot of these changes, I agree with you. I don't think that, for instance, I don't think all business travel has died permanently and that offices have gone away. But I do think that we've figured out how to make video calls and video training work fairly well. And so there will be an expanded set of cases for which we will do that instead of traveling or instead of having group meetings. How are you going to grow your market when everyone is competing on the same things? What are your customers' unmet needs in your market? What drives and destroys most value for you? And what are you going to do first? Since 2005, we've been helping organizations answer these questions. Our unique discovery tool, the Emotional Signature, will change the way that you look at your market. Let's have an informal conversation on how we may be able to help you. To set this up, simply go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash contact. And we look forward to talking to you. So here are six things that I've been advising our clients on what to do. Let me just run through those six things with you. So uh, people got something that they can hang their hat on in terms of a process or what they would do. So immediately, I think what you've got to do is you've got to identify and interpret, which is the key issue, the new behavior. So that for me is going what are customers doing? How are they acting? And what's the root cause of this behavior? Is it loss aversion? Are they feeling unsafe? Why are they doing these things? Yeah. Is it that they're just, they've come from a, an environment that's had a much stricter lockdown than everybody else? And where are they, do we think, on this Kubler-Ross curve? Second thing that I would be looking for people or advising for people to do is start thinking about what are the accelerants, yeah? What are them generally? I think this has absolutely accelerated the death of cash. What are the accelerants that are happening in our market? What are the accelerants that we are experiencing and that's happening in our market? Because undoubtedly, there are general things that are happening, things like working at home and all those things. And and those things are just interesting in themselves. If you're in a business-to-business situation and you've got to go and talk to a buyer, do you knock around their house? <laughs> what do you do? Do you now have to sell on Zoom? Is that what you do? For me, the only way of starting to do this is talking to the customer. And again, going back to that racing driver analogy, getting ahead of the curve, putting your foot down on these things. So it's, for me, all organizations now should be undertaking new research to find out what their markets are like because things have changed and are likely to be changing permanently. So my advice to to clients has been the research that we did with them a year ago, you've got to redo, basically. Now, the good news is that a lot of that research is already there and you can use the get the economies of scale by, by using the same similar type of questions and everything else. But there's been a major disruption in the market. You've got to go out there and find out what your customers are doing and more to the point, What's happening in the marketplace? What are those new opportunities in the marketplace? Being successful in business is 
about understanding your customers' needs. Among the many other things that have, have happened in the, in the past several months, many customer needs have undergone a dramatic shift. Now, maybe a temporary shift. You know, we'll see how things progress. But people want different things now. If you don't know what those different things are, maybe you can intuit it. So, for example, safety has become a lot more important for people. But they're also very specific needs. If you don't know what those needs are, then you're driving blindfolded. You need to go out and find out. Usually that involves doing more research, but it's not optional. You need to know what your customers want now as opposed to what they wanted six months ago or a year ago. The next one on to that, the third area, which sort of falls behind that, is that there is potentially now new segmentation. So because of the new needs, because of what's happening in the market, because the the market conditions are different in different locations, because of the different ways that the lockdown's been treated, then there are potentially new segmentations. And, and I say next week we'll be talking about this concept of face mask segmentation. Fourth thing is review your strategy. What are the things that you were going to introduce in two or three years' time that you can now pull forward? What are the things and the issues that you thought were an issue now that are maybe that have now gone away? What are those new strategic objectives that you should be looking at? So again, based upon the research that I would advise that you're looking at, you should be now reviewing, okay, so what do we think the impact's going to be? Because in my view, life is not going to get back to normal. Fifth thing is, by definition, you need to change your journey maps. If customers have changed, if the way that you've gone about things is now different, you've got to change that journey maps. And you've got to start thinking, again, more about the behavioral side of journey mapping. So what I see in a lot of journey mapping is that people look at the rational parts of an experience they look at generally at positive and negative emotions, but they don't look at all of the detail of customer behavior and how people make choices. And in fact, we have got a podcast that's coming up on the five rules of advanced journey mapping. But as a sort of a precursor to that, you've got to really start to think about the nudges that you put in. So those behavioral economics things that we talk about on here, about how can we get a customer to do what we want them to do by using those subtle clues that we talk about here. So redesigning of those journey maps. Really good advice. And to be clear, the reason it's good advice is you need new journey maps because your customers' journeys have changed, right? This is not, this is not Colin offering just kind of general academic advice. Your old journey maps are, are describing processes that likely no longer occur for your customers. So the alternative to not redoing your journey maps is to fly blind. So that's why you need to go back out and figure this out. And again, I go back to this react response, reimagine. You can react, you can change your journey maps a little bit, going, okay, well, we do this. You can respond and go, okay, well, let's, we think that this is carrying on for the next year, so let's spend a bit more time. Or you can go, Right, this is a great opportunity for us to put our foot down and really gain some advantage because our competitors are just reacting or, or responding. This is a time for us to reimagine these things. The last area that it, for me is you've got to train your teams. Customer emotions have always been important in, in my view, but never have they been more important than they are today. 
So training employees on how to empathize with their customers is really, really important. Training them on what we talk about on the memory maker training, which is the ability for an employee to understand and identify how a customer is feeling coming into the experience and how to get them to feel something else leaving that experience and therefore to evoke a memory, which is why we call it memory maker training. But that type of training is absolutely vital today to make sure that you're building customers for life because never is there been a more important time to keep the customers that you've got, let alone new customers. So to just summarize six things I would be doing, I would be identifying and interpreting the new behavior. I would be identifying the accelerants that are in your marketplace and how they're affecting you. Think about whether that's affecting your segmentation. Oh, and by the way, in identifying the accelerants is doing that research. Third one, the new segmentation. Fourth one, reviewing your strategy, thinking about if there's something we can pull forward. Fifth one, looking at journey maps and and altering your journey maps because of part of this. And the sixth one is looking at putting more emotional training for your employees to make the customers feel a lot better. It's a great list, Colin, but people tend to prefer top 10 lists to top six lists. So could you just repeat the last one four times? (laughs) I think that'll that'll boost our numbers. Yes, I never thought about that. I have let the listeners down. I'll just repeat it four times. So... (laughs) good it's a great list and really really useful i mean a lot of people feel overwhelmed right now a lot of people in business i think specifically because we all acknowledge and recognize that this is a hard time and don't know where to start and so i I love this list because it gives people a real concrete place to start let's look at where we need to go from here to actually make things better so it's it's a really helpful list Good. And if anybody listening to the show wants to reach out and have a further conversation about this and talk about how to reopen things and how to maximize their opportunity, then please feel free to contact us. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash contact. Get in touch with us and we'll be happy to have a conversation. So look forward to talking to you next week. As I say, next week, we're going to have an interesting show because we're going to be talking about this whole concept of face mask segmentation. Look forward to talking to you then. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.